Hello and welcome to another episode of Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host Cody Mori, and today I actually wanted to take a break from some of the just the insanity that's going on out in the world uh, right now that we're experiencing. Actually, we're starting to see some of the right uh, pushing back now. I don't know if you've heard in uh, Chicago and some of these other places, and we're he we're hearing a lot more pushback from doctors too. Recently, I I heard in uh, one of the reports that. Uh, <clears throat> One of the doctors that when they were sending in all these uh, testing for, for COVID-19, he sent in a swab that hadn't actually, he, he didn't put anything on it. It was, it was, it was just a, a clean swab and it came back, tested positive for COVID-19. So just crazy things we're seeing going on in the world today. I, and I just wanted to take the time to sort of focus in on really what a major issue is with each and every one of us, if if not arguably uh, the most major issue, or at least it should be, and that is our relationship with God. And I'm entitling this Get Righteous or Die Trying, because with all of the calamities and things that we're seeing right now going on, <clears throat> they're only going to get worse. The trials, the tribulations... The testing times, folks, they're here, they're now, they're not in the future, they're not around the corner, they're not after this prophetic event happens or that prophetic event happens. You know, we were told that we would see, you could see that in the Bible, uh, the French Revolution, and we were told that the scenes of the French Revolution would be repeated. We don't need to look for those things anymore. Because those things are here. People are burning Bibles in the streets, just like they did in the French Revolution. Now, we can expect it only to get worse. We don't know if it will simmer down and then eventually explode again later. We, we really don't know. But what we do know is that things are only going to get worse from here on out. The face mask tyranny is not slowing down. It's not easing up. It's, uh, it's really following in lockstep with... Uh, that Rockefeller Foundation paper that I mentioned in The Truth About the Coronavirus, where the, the scenario is called lockstep. <laughs> and they talk about face masks there being mandatory. Interesting. But anyway, so I wanted to focus on some of God's promises. And I want to focus on God's promises for both sides for both sides of the issue, uh, but especially for those who trust in God. And I want to start here with uh, Romans chapter 8, and we're probably going to end with Romans chapter 8 later on. But Romans chapter 8, verse 36 through 39, it says, As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And isn't that an amazing promise, folks? God promises us that there is absolutely nothing, not sin, not death, nothing that can separate us 
from the love of God. Now, many times we feel like God is angry with us, that when we misstep, that when we make mistakes, that he is just looking down upon us like, oh, here we go again. Same problems with this person. You know, sometimes we imagine God being the way um, we've had maybe other authoritative individuals in our past act towards us. And folks, I want to just let you know that that's not the case at all. Um, there is a penalty for sin and death. And that penalty will come when people ultimately reject God. But, but those who, are, who put their faith and confidence and trust in him and, and just believe him, that they have a relationship with him, he's not looking down upon you in anger every time you mess up. Because if you're someone like me, Messing up is, is almost a daily thing. I, would say, I wouldn't say almost. I'd say it is a daily thing with me in some way, shape, or form. I fail him, and I, and I find myself sometimes with negative self-talk. And I find that my negative self-talk uh, about you know failing him, being a failure, or whatever, that that is not the doctrine of the Bible. The Bible, God loves us. He, he knows the very hairs on our heads, and he's, he's rooting for us. He's rooting for us. He has faith in us. Think about that. He, he has faith in us that we will reach out and trust him. He's hope, he hopes for it. You know, Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So even though we can't see it, he sees it. I also want to read another quote here from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. It says, and the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. So he's going to go before us. Sometimes we wonder, you know, <laughs> why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is this person doing this to me? You know, or, or some of the things that are going on, or how could I have done that? you know, to some other person. And we got to remember that the Lord, the Lord, although the pathway doesn't seem um, clear to us all the time, God, it, it, none, none of this stuff catches God off guard. So we got to make sure that we remember to trust in him in, in, in every way, shape, or form. And it reminds me of uh, Psalm chapter 30, uh, 139 there, verses 3 through 5. It says this, Thou compassed my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Isn't that beautiful? So God's hand is upon each and every one of us who, who trust in him. He goes before us. He goes behind us. The pathway might not seem clear to us at the time, but it is most assuredly clear to him. And actually, I wanted to read another psalm, Psalm 37. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, verse 1. Neither be thou in envious against the workers of iniquity, for they soon, sh for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good; 
so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily shalt thou be fed. That's just another beautiful promise right there. I want to jump down to another verse over here. It says, on verse 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. So even when we fail, we will not be utterly cast down because God has his hand upon us. And it might not seem clear at the time when some of these things are going on, but he is going to make sure that we are not utterly cast down. In verse 12, it says, The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. So the, the wicked are seeking how to destroy the righteous. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. So it's our strength, our refuge is in God. And we got we to gotta keep that in mind. And that's what brings us to really what the main purpose of this discussion is today. And that's character development. Folks, if, if we're not... If we're not working on our characters, we're not going through sanctification at this point, we're in a lot of trouble. Because this world clearly, so clearly, we are running out of time. We are running out of time. The church is definitely, most definitely, in a shaking time right now. Who's going to do the work? That's the question. Who's actually going to do the work? Who's going to do the work of character development? Who's going to do the work of spreading the three angels' messages? Who's going to do the work of spreading the gospel? You know, who is going to do the work of, of health habits and things like these? So I wanted to read a, a few sections from a chapter from Child Guidance. This is on uh, page 164 and 165 and then 168. There's a couple sections here. So I, um, a little bit of a long quote, but definitely sort of paints a really good picture for us to keep in mind. It says this. Character does not come by chance. It is not determined by one outburst of temper, one step in the wrong direction. It is the repetition of the act that causes it to become habit and molds the character either for good or for evil. Right characters can be formed only by persevering, untiring effort, by improving every entrusted talent and capability to the glory of God. Instead of doing this, Many allow themselves to drift wherever impulse or circumstances may carry them. This is not because they are lacking in good material, but because they do not realize that in their youth, God wants them to do their very best. Faith in Christ as a personal Savior will give strength and solidity to the character. Those who have a genuine faith in Christ will be sober-minded, remembering that God's eye is upon them, that the judge of all men is weighing moral worth and heavenly intelligence and are watching to see what manner of character is being developed. Every act of life, however unimportant, has his influence in forming the character. A good character is more precious than worldly possessions, and the work of forming it is the noblest in which men can engage. Wow, isn't that amazing right there? That... The work of character develop is the most noble uh, engagement in which any man can pursue or woman. And it basically comes down to habits. It's not about 
this single outburst or that single outburst. So, so you got to ask yourself, you got to take a real serious moral inventory and ask yourself, what do your habits look like? You know, are there things that are, that are in your life that you feel are keeping you from having a closer relationship with Christ? And if that's the case, those things need to be removed. You know, how, what does your devotion time look like? You know, I, there's no set time, I don't think, for how it's supposed to be done. I believe it's, there's a reason why the scriptures don't give exact directions on what what exactly you should eat for breakfast, then what exactly you should eat for lunch, and what exactly you should eat for dinner if you eat three meals, or if you eat two meals, or whatever, and a one-size-fits-all thing, because it doesn't work like that. You know, each person is a little different. Each person needs different things. So each, there's no time limit per se, or minimum time limit, you could say, for a devotion time versus, uh, you know, I th personally, I think, you know, five minutes is not legitimate, but, you know, saying that there's an actual, some type of, basically what I'm trying to say is like a one size fits all for every Christian, the Bible never really gives that, except in doctrinal areas concerning salvation. But as far as like diet, things like that, even going back to the days of when mana was falling from the heavens, you know, there was each person gathered according to their eating. So there's different things that work with different people. So we got to ask ourselves, you know, on a personal level, because we personally answer to God. And because there's not no one size fits all sort of thing in many of these areas, what do our habits if we're being honest, what do our habits look like and how can we improve them? Are we, are we taking in things that we know we shouldn't? Are we smoking? Are we, are we drinking caffeinated uh, beverages, you know, to get through? Are we, are we not getting enough sleep? I mean, there's so many different things. And at the end of the day, we got to ask, is that helping or hurting my relationship with God? Am I able to hear that still small voice or is this keeping me from that if it's keeping us from it like i said we're really running out of time now so that those things they need to be corrected very soon now going on with a quote it says characters formed by circumstances are changeable and discordant a mass of contraries their possessor their possessors have no high aim or purpose in life they have no ennobling influence upon the characters of others they are purposeless and powerless those who are defective in character, in conduct, and habits and practices are to take heed to counsel and reproof. Sometimes that's hard to hear, folks. <laughs> but those who are defective in character, in conduct, in habits and practices are to take heed to counsel and reproof. We have to be taught. I was just thinking about this verse. Actually, I read it in an interview with Pastor Bill Hughes on Daniel Revelation Talks, where we, we quoted uh, Proverbs chapter 9. It says, basically it says, a wise man, uh, give, give instruction to a wise man and he will love thee. That's what makes, that's how God views wisdom. If, if you're a wise person, you are somebody who is able to be, to say that they were wrong, who is able to be instructed, who's able, who's teachable, who's able to be uh, reproved in, in, you know circumstances when they're wrong so if we have defects in character we that's we need to con cultivate that humble and meek spirit that 
with God is of great price and start heeding the counsels and reproofs of the spirit of prophecy and of the Bible. Now, continuing on with this quote, just a couple more sentences here. It says, this world is God's workshop. <laughs> now think about that. With all the stuff, all the, the stuff that goes on in the world, all the things that are so trivial to us, keep in mind, this is God's workshop. Okay, this is how he forms characters. So this is this world is God's workshop, and every stone that can be used in the heavenly temple must be hewn and polished until it is tried and precious stone, fitted for its place in the Lord's building. But if we refuse to be trained and disciplined, we shall be as stones that will not be hewed and polished, and that are cast aside at last as useless folks that's sad and you don't want that to happen and I, I remember reading in Isaiah before on this issue basically where it says how how we have hated reproof that's what the wicked say but there's also many quotes from Isaiah also where actually it says that there's no peace at all with the wicked for instance Isaiah chapter 48 verse 22 it says there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. And then 57, uh, chapter 57, verse 21, it says, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Folks, sometimes it seems like the wicked are winning out there. I remember the first time I read that. The first time I read that, I, I was, you know who I was thinking about? I was thinking about celebrities. Because we really look up to these folks, you know, they're, they're rich, they're famous, uh, every time they're in front of a camera, for the most part, you know, um, they're smiling and they've got it all, you know. But, and I'm not talking about every person that's a celebrity that automatically makes them evil. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the ones who are wicked, you know. You know who they are. The ones who live the, the lavish lifestyle that are, uh, you know, drinking and partying and carrying on all the time and... And very evil in their conduct. Their their home lives are are a mess. They are they cheat on their spouse. You know, I mean, all the different things. You know, and and I'm not saying I'm better than any one of those people, but I'm saying that <clears throat> when I first read that, I was lo you look up to those like those celebrities that have that life, and you think, okay, that's that would be amazing if you know I had that or this. But what's revealing? about Isaiah chapter 48 verse 22 and 57 verse 21 is that God God reveals that the wicked the, the ones who are your enemies the ones who are giving you problems all the time folks they have no peace in their home so the best way that you can defeat their evil is with good you know have you have peace each and every one of us has a peace that surpasses under all under human understanding and that can be that can be gotten in Christ and Christ alone and when we have him we have him close to us close to our families you know we can we can be victors over the wicked you know not like that's the point but you can be victors over the wicked in that the things that they do that they hurt they have no peace from it and you could see that I mean you look at people Kanye West's life these people they're a lot of them they're not they're clearly not happy 
but just wicked in general. There's no peace, saith the Lord, for the wicked, but we can have peace. We don't have to let things that are going on around us, whether it's in politics, whether it's in society in general, whether it's in issues between people, uh, you know, in our in our personal lives or coworkers or whatever whatever the case is, someone's harassing you in some sort of way, um, you know, essentially because you believe in biblical values, folks. You can beat their hatred by continuing to have peace in your own homes because you have peace with God. You can be happy, it's a, it's a gift, it's a blessing that we all have that every day, no matter what happens, we go out into that world and we come home, if you're someone who works nine to five and comes home, or whether you stay home, you know, if you're, you're a mother who's raising kids, whatever the case is, every day in the morning and the evening, you can spend time with God, you can spend time with Christ, you can confess your sins, your mistakes to Him, and you can have peace and joy and happiness coming straight from the Lord on high. But the wicked cannot say that. So the ones who are hurting you and harming you, they might, they might smile, but their homes are a bedlam of demons. So we want our homes to be the very atmosphere of heaven itself. And that's that's our privilege that we have as Christians. So I want to um, take a look right now at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 through 14. And this is, again, talking about things that had happened in the past or whether you slip up yourself. Remember that... Um, what 1 John chapter 2 says that if any man sin, they have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. Praise the Lord. But we're going to be reading here from Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 through 14. And the Apostle Paul, uh, writing here, states this, That I may know him, <clears throat> and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Again, that's just a beautiful, beautiful promise there. I love what he says there. Forgetting those things which are behind. Folks, that could be your past life that you've been unable to forgive yourself over. That could be you know, the old man, things you've done in the past. It can be that. But it can also be something you did yesterday. It could be something you did today, folks. If you submit yourself to Christ, confess your sins, beg God for the faith to be able to carry on, beg God for true repentance, and ask Him to forgive you, then you can immediately forget those things which are behind. 
and reach forth unto those things which are before. And what are before us, brethren? A very crown of righteousness. Being able to see Jesus face to face. One day we'll be in heaven and we'll look around us and we'll see how magnificent it is because the Bible teaches that eye hath not seen nor ear heard, neither has even entered into the heart of man the things which God has in store for them. I don't know about you guys, but I can imagine quite a bit. And the fact that the Bible says that, that even I can't imagine it, it, it just it makes me think about what Ellen White writes in early writings when she says that when people will ask about their, their former lives or the toils and trials that they went through here on earth, they will look around at the magnificent beauty Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. And they will say heaven is cheap enough. So we press, we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Amen. And now I want to basically end where we started in Romans chapter 8 again. In this verse, uh, verses 27 and 28, it's specifically in context discussing um, the Holy Spirit. Uh, in the work of the Holy Spirit, it says, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Praise the Lord. So, we are, whatever we're going through in our lives, whether it's now, whether it's been in the past, whether it's something you're fearful of the future, you got to keep in mind, you got to keep in mind, folks, that all things work together for good to them that love God. So even the trials, the tribulations, the, the evil times, as we call them, they're working for the good of our characters, for our character development. So, Put your faith and confidence in him. Commit yourself to him in a way you've never done before. Because we're running out of time in this earth. You know, it's it's time, it's time to lay it all out on the line. It's time to to really work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It's time to get righteous, seriously. Or die trying. That's what we should be doing and we we've, we've got to remember that he's going to go before us he's going to go behind us he loves us he knows we're going to misstep but folks we ha we cannot anymore put off the character development because this world clearly is just about out of time i'm your host cody moore you've been listening to truth triumphant radio hope to catch you next time folks god bless and i hope this was a blessing to you